Hello, High Point family. Hope you're doing okay tonight. Please sign on and let me know that you're here and I can give you a quick shout out. I appreciate you coming on every week and I really enjoy getting together with a little online community. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying this weather. How crazy is it that we've gone from seven to 70 in less than a week? So hopefully you uh, are enjoying the nice sunshine out because we've earned it, right? Boy, last week was brutal. So it is good that we're heading towards spring and it just puts me in a much better mood. And so I feel like uh, hopefully all the cold's behind us. We may get one more snap in there, but we'll see. All right, looks like Connie and Dee Bailey. Uh, I, I just want y'all to know, Connie and Dee have been rising in the charts. They're getting on quick. So uh, some of you that are used to getting on quick, like Karen Perry, you're gonna have to step up your game because Connie and Dee keep beating you. So we're glad to have them on. And hello, Teresa and Ralph, glad to have you. And Miss Kari Smith, good to have you. Welcome, welcome. And Clarice Hickman, thank you for watching every week. and. Late Night Larry is no longer Late Night Larry. He's watching live. So we're glad to have you, Larry. And by the way, Larry, um, when folks come over to our house, they just comment on the great job that you guys did on our floor. So I'm always appreciative of that. So evening from the Bakers, right back at you. So good to have Brett and Vicki with us. So glad that y'all are getting on this evening. And John and Talia, welcome, welcome. Good to have you with us as well. Uh, and Paula Austin. Hello, Paula. Good to have you. I'm glad that you're watching. And it looks like um, all the Edmonds Burgers are here. So glad to have you guys. Uh, we actually drove out to Van Alstine and uh, saw the beautiful area where you guys live and are just, uh, just think it's so pretty out there in Van Alstine. Happy for you guys. Well, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I really missed getting together last week and sorry because of uh, the rolling outages and all the craziness up at the church, we decided to just call a timeout on this study and, and postpone it for a week. So uh, hopefully you haven't been going through withdrawals, but uh, it's good to be with you this evening. And hello from the Bakeys. Looks like Sharon's with us tonight. So good to have you. All right, I'm sure we'll have um, others that will be joining us. And some of you guys that hop on remain anonymous. And that's okay if you want to do that. Uh, you won't hurt my feelings, but we're, we're glad to have you on. So we've been going through for the, uh, oh, goodness, for a while. Uh, oh, hello, Wilma. Good to have you. We've been doing the Win the Day book by Mark Batterson. And... I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's a good way for us to start the year and kind of uh, plan some goals and try some different things. And sometimes we need to kind of shake up our faith walk a little bit. And so hopefully these are some practices that maybe you don't do all eight of them, but uh, you know maybe there'll be some in there that, that will be helpful. Hello, Joe Payne Pierce, good to have you. It is beautiful weather. So I hope you and Don are doing well and uh, just soaking it all in. But part three of this book is entitled Imagine Unborn Tomorrows. And if you remember, he's like, we put uh, our dead yesterdays in the past. Uh, don't dig those up. But we also plan for unborn tomorrows, new days that are coming before us. 
And what do we need to do today to prepare for what God's going to do for us in the future? So that's kind of the idea as we move into this next phase and as we get this new practice tonight that uh, I, I really like. Some of them I'm like, eh, I don't know, but this one I really like. But I'm going to warn you, it's going to challenge you a little bit. Okay, so the kind of the hallmark story uh, for this chapter in this section happened at the World's Fair back in 1853, and it was held up in New York City. And uh, I never got to go in the world. Maybe some of you guys did. Maybe I'm just totally confused and don't know when it ended and that type of thing. But uh, apparently they had a bunch of inventors that came, and it was a time for people to unleash uh, from around the world uh, new products and, and new ways of seeing things and doing things. And they all got together and, and posted all their inventions in a place called the Crystal Palace. And there was uh, an inventor named Elisha Otis, and he unveiled his spectacular invention. But he not only did he have a cool invention, but he unveiled it in spectacular fashion. And he uh, erected this giant platform out in front of the Crystal Palace and he was wanted to show his invention, which was the elevator safety brake. And he had a hard time getting safety experts to believe that it would actually work. And so what he did is they built this giant elevator platform that was up in front of the crowd. And so everyone could see way in the distance that there was this elevator up there. And what uh, Elisha, uh, Otis did is he stood in front of the platform and he had high above him an axe man that was ready to cut this giant rope that was holding up the weight of this elevator. And so he yelled to the crowd and he had the axe man go ahead and cut that rope. And when he did, the elevator immediately started falling for just a few seconds and then Elijah Otis applied his elevator brake, and of course, it brought it safely to uh, to stop. And the crowd gasped when they saw this elevator coming down. But then he applied the brake, and he said, "All is safe." And so, what's interesting is is this invention really created a lot of buzz and changed the world. Before this demonstration, there were a few buildings in New York City that were taller than five stories high because no one wanted to climb up any more stairs than that. And so, in, in fact, the rent went, got to be cheaper the higher up you went. I stayed in a hotel in uh, Seattle. Uh, Jill tried to pick out something nice and I picked up a hotel called the Shadow Motel and it was actually cheaper on the third floor and we found out, well, they didn't have any elevators and you had to carry your luggage all the way up and you know there wasn't any AC on the third floor either. So Jill always reminds me of, of being cheap. Uh, but in 1854, um, Otis installed his first elevator one year after the World's Fair. And 50 years later, there were 538 skyscrapers because of Elijah Otis' elevator break that he had come up with. So it was made possible by one man willing to take a risk and cut the rope. So 
Let's go over um, some of our habits we have up to this point. If you remember, the first one is flip the script. If you or someone else has written a script for your life that you don't like the ending, go ahead and rewrite that script. And the narrative you're telling yourself, tell yourself a better story and you'll have a better ending. So rewrite that script. Don't let someone else determine what that is for you. The second one was a little bit confusing, but it was called Kiss the Wave. And that came from Charles Spurgeon. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. And what he's saying is, we need to see the blessing. When we get thrown out of control, it forces us to rely upon God. And so uh, we ask the brave question when we get slapped upside the rock, uh, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this? So we kiss or bless the wave that is throwing us into the arms of God because that's when God can make some real uh, ground in our life. The third one was eat the frog. And that comes from the Mark Twain uh, saying that if you have to eat a frog, uh, make sure that's the first thing you do in the morning. So tackle your big task first. And Mark Twain said, if you have a second frog, uh, go ahead and uh, eat the big one first. So I thought that was great. And then the one we talked about two weeks ago before we got interrupted was the story of them trying to do the bridge across Niagara Falls. And they couldn't figure out how to get that first cable across. And so they ended up flying a kite. So fly the kite was the thing. And what it is, is once they got the kite across, they were able to use the kite string to attach a little bit larger thing of twine and then a cable and then a much larger cable and, and, and a rope and then a much larger cable to pull across. But it all started with a kite string. So fly that kite. And so doing the little things that will help us prepare us for the big things. And so uh, tonight um, we're talking about cut the rope. And what that means is we have to take calculated risk. So it was a risk when Elisha Ot uh, Otis had him, the ax man cut that rope, but it was calculated because he knew what his invention could do. So cutting the rope doesn't seem safe, but in fact, sometimes the greatest risk in our life is not taking any. Uh, older folks and they uh, things they wish that they had done. And of course, the number one is they wish they'd eat more ice cream. But number two was they wish they had taken more risk in life. And so I'm going to encourage us to, to really look at what is God leading us to and what are some acts of faith or some steps of faith where we need to cut that rope and allow uh, God to reveal what's coming next. So, all right, let's see. Um, Joe Pierce says Don is having cataract surgery tomorrow, and so is Sharon Stevens. Why don't we stop for just a moment and say a little prayer for them? Lord, we ask you to be with Don. We ask you to be with Sharon Stevens as they're both having surgery tomorrow. I know with COVID and everything else, um, it just adds a layer of difficulty. But 
Lord, we know that you're the great physician and you'll heal them and be with them. Help them to feel your presence through this time. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so we also have Sharon and Ken Dunlop. Good to have you guys. All right, so looks like that's all the comments we have so far. So what stands between you and your unborn tomorrow, what God wants you to do, is what's called the adjacent possible. So the elevator stands between you and what could be. So the skyscraper couldn't be imagined without the elevator. So what is it that is the adjacent possible thing that you know that then will allow you to step forward and take that step of faith? So sometimes God uses closed doors um, to cut the rope, so to speak, on what could be in the future. So if um, so, sometimes we're fearful to take a step, but sometimes God closes a door or he actually cuts the rope above us to force us to take that step. So, okay, looks like the Wombles are watching. And so Brendan, uh, Brenda and Glendon, we're glad to have you. And we're still praying for Galen all the time. So our shepherds got together on Saturday and we, we prayed for you guys. So just want to lift you all up. All right. So here's our question for tonight. Um, um, sometimes God uses close, um, closed doors to cut the rope. What could be in our future? So share a time. Uh, when has God closed the door or cut the rope in your life? that turned out for the better. So maybe at the time you didn't like that rope being cut, but it forced you to take a step or move your life in a new direction. So share a time just briefly in the little comments where you had a life altering thing that happened where you feel like God was cutting that rope to force you to take a step. And now you didn't like it at the time, but you now see what God was up to. So just take a moment. Um, oh, okay. It looks like uh, Brenda says that um, Galen is in rehab. So we'll be praying for him as well. Okay. So take a moment and just type a few sentences about a time where you feel like God kind of cut that rope and said, you've got to trust that I've got the, this but it forced you into maybe making a move. It forced you into taking a step. It forced you from moving from point A to point B. So just share a moment where you feel like that God either encouraged you to cut it or um, things outside where God either closed the door or opened an opportunity, but you feel like he was pushing you into a new reality. Okay. So sometimes our plan B is God's plan A. And we think we like our plan A better. But God's like, no, I've got something better for you. And so he encourages us to take that step of faith and he encourages us to get outside of our comfort zones. And sometimes we have to be kind of pushed over the ledge to make that happen. Or sometimes he cuts that rope that we're holding on to and we don't want to let go. So, uh, I mentioned the whole idea of the adjacent possible, the adjacent possible, something that's next to us that then allows us to move forward. So what is that for us as believers? Well, 
Jesus is our adjacent possible that makes our life with God and that relationship coming together possible. So because that possibility is out there, it allows us to step forward in our relationship with God, all because Jesus was willing to cut that rope. So I, I love what uh, Mark Batterson says uh, especially since we're coming up on, on Easter. And by the way, sneak peek, we are bringing back the Easter uh, sunrise service. We're going to do that at 8 a.m. So maybe some of you felt a little bit squeamish about coming inside uh, with everyone else, even though we spread out. So maybe this will provide an opportunity for you to come in on Easter Sunday at 8 a.m., and we'll be outside, so you have to bundle up, but we'll have a sunrise service, and then we'll have some sweet rolls if you'd like to do that. But Mark Batterson said, we're Easter people living in a Good Friday world. And what does he mean by that? He means that our faith often looks foolish. It looks kind of confusing, kind of like the disciples were when they scattered when Jesus was crucified. So our life looks like it's up in the air, like it doesn't make sense, but we have confidence in the Easter story. So it won't add up for a few days, but when we cut the rope, we're acknowledging that the empty tomb not only took place, but that empty tomb is available for us as well. So Romans 8 and verse 11 Paul tells us that the same spirit is living inside of us and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will raise us from the dead. And so that's the adjacent possible that allows us to cut the rope and for us to take a step of faith, knowing that if we're uniting with Jesus, then that Easter story is not just Jesus' story, but it's our story as well. Okay. Um, Kari Smith, you, you guys still have time. If, if you want to tell a cut the rope story, either you have to take a step of faith or you feel like God closed a door or opened an opportunity that forced you to move out of where you were to where you want to be or where you are now. And you see it, it's much better. Okay. So Kari Smith said circumstances that led me to quit my job and move from Houston to Dallas. So I know that, um, Kari, I, I believe that you moved here to, to care for your mama. So, but you have been such a blessing to us in our community here at High Point and in the High Point family. And we can't imagine doing it without you. So, um, Kari has been very involved in, in several and just so many different ways, but it's also good seeing her every Sunday coming to worship with us. So, Kari, hopefully you feel like High Point is your family. But definitely that was a cut the rope moment uh, where life circumstances encouraged you to take a step forward. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. So Brenda says, thank you all for your prayers and God bless each of you. All right. So Amy Sievert says right now, raising teenagers, and young adults, uh, what I want and feel should be their lives is not necessarily God's plan. You know, Amy, I'm I'm with you. I think my kids would have it all together and everything would be perfect in their lives if they just do what I think they should be doing. But, you know, life is not always that way. 
And sometimes we have to adjust from being, uh, you know, cop to being coach to being consultant. And so it's hard for me moving out of the coaching uh, aspect of parenting and becoming the consultant. And consultants are only supposed to throw in their two cents worth when asked. Unlike a coach, he gets to call the shots. So, but yeah, it, it's a step of faith. But there, there's a passage, and I, I think it's Solomon who talks about um, that uh, raising our children is like due for your youth. You have to look that up. But it's basically that it, it adds vitality to your life when you uh, go through this phase of helping to raise your children as they move into young adults, that God gives you an extra measure of his grace. And it's like the dew of youth comes back to give you that added energy and stability. So thank you for sharing. Hopefully that's helpful. Okay. So we live because we believe uh, in Jesus it inspires us to take steps of faith. And what I mean by that? Well, we live at the intersection of two theological understandings or two theological realities that help us. And they're pointing this direction. What do I mean by that? Well, we believe that God's, let me use this finger so it looks better. Okay, so we believe God's faithfulness in the past is pursuing us. So um, when I work with teenagers and we would have awesome outings and stuff and go on mission trips or have a great retreat or a devotional or something. And, you know, they're all hugging, singing Kumbaya. Okay. Well that they didn't sing that in the nineties, but anyway, uh, they'd have these awesome moments and times where they felt like God intersected them. I would say what you need to do is set up a mile marker, a faith mile marker to say, God came down and intersected my life right here and then right here and then right here. And so we backtrack over our life uh, and the faithfulness of God in the past comes in and is pursuing us from behind. And then in the future, we have God's sovereignty and God's promises for our future, our preferred future. So in the present, we feel God's with faithfulness in the past and his promises for the future and how he has the sovereign power to accomplish that. So that's the intersection of faith, knowing that God has a track record in our life that gives us confidence to move forward in the future. So Hopefully that's helpful. So faith is taking the first step before God reveals the second step. And I don't like that sometimes, but God wants us to take that step of faith. Of course, I always think of the Indiana Jones, the, the last one. You know, the first one's awesome. The second one's creepy. And the third one is really good uh, with Sean Connery. And uh, if you remember, he, he has to take that step of faith over the chasm. Uh, to go get the Holy Grail. And boy, he just kind of grits his teeth, closes his eyes and takes that step onto that invisible bridge. So I think sometime that visually helps me to say, all right, God, do I believe in what I believe in in order to take that step of faith? Encourage to take the step. 
So as I mentioned earlier, there are times in our life where playing it safe isn't really playing it safe. Um, we need to take those risks when God prompts our heart and when God cuts the rope. Scott Cooper says, uh, contemplating if smoke alarm beeping is me or Brad. <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. But Scott, here's what I would say that it's an added blessing that is happening during daylight hours because it usually happens at, at two o'clock in the morning. So you see it as an annoyance. I see it as a rich blessing that I don't have to get up and find a ladder at 2 a.m. Okay, so sorry about that. If you want to come over and, and trade them out, I have 12 others. So might as well hit them all. So if you want to go buy one of those jumbo packs, that'd be awesome. Serve your, your wonderful preacher. Just come on over, friend. All right, so we're going to make that leap. So let me just tell you in my life, one of those leap moments. So I shared last Sunday that uh, I spent some time with an evangelist um, named Stanley Ship, and we went to go uh, help plant a church up in Connecticut. It was up there for three years. Well, I was working for an advertising company and I was an assistant account executive. Uh, but my boss said, if you want to go on and become an account executive, you really need to go, at, go back and get your MBA. And we see you as uh, a rising person within the ad agency. But once you get additional training, and it, it'll broaden you and make us more beneficial. So uh, I was already working 60 to 70 hours a week, and I, I just couldn't add graduate school. And so I asked for time off would he hold my position for me to run back down to dallas and get my mba and come back and so my parents were ecstatic and so i came back as a 25 year old uh well actually i was about 20 yeah i was 25 and i enrolled at utd working on my mba and i was gonna t just tackle it and knock it all out as quick as i could well two things happened in my life um, number one, I started working at the church uh, where I grew up. I was a volunteer working in youth ministry with the middle school program. My youth minister invited me to just come help out. And so I was teaching on Sundays and on Wednesday nights on top of my graduate work. And I was also cleaning up at the church, doing all kinds of stuff. I was painting houses. And uh, so I really liked that ministry. And I've been doing ministry up in Connecticut while I was up there. And so um I had that experience that was awesome. And then I started dating Jill at the same time. And so I had an opportunity, a church in Waco uh, called my youth minister looking for someone fresh out of school to come down and do an internship for two years in youth ministry. And my youth minister called me and said, you've got to do this. And he goes, you're gifted. And I feel like God's called you to do this. And this would be a great way for you to learn from a, a youth minister who's been doing this for a long time, a guy named Scott Talley at Crestview in Waco. And so I wasn't done with my MBA. And I had a job waiting on me that was a good job up in Connecticut. And my parents didn't understand it when I got out the scissors and cut that rope. And it was really hard on my folks. I was paying for school, but my folks were picking up my living expenses and I'm staying with them. 
And so it was hard to tell them that I was quitting that uh, and not going back up to uh, take that job in Connecticut. And I was going to be making $18,000. Uh, and Jill and I were dating and she got a teaching job making 19. So she was the main breadwinner. But we did that. And I felt like God had put on my heart and put some faith um, folks around me to encourage me to do that. Okay. Uh, Scott Cooper says, I'm glad it's you. Yep, it is. Um, <laughs> Talia says, I checked the up and timer. <laughs> no, it's me. It's, it's my smoke alarm. I can't get up to go change it. I'm sorry. All right. Um, anyway. Oh, Karen Perry, good, good to have you on. I'm glad you're here. All right. Um, <laughs> Don has been walking around listening to smoke alarms. No, it, it's mine. I, I promise. Okay. All right. So good to have John Hildreth uh, joining us late from Michigan. So, John, if you hear a smoke alarm going off, it's mine. Don't get up. It's not uh, your hotel up there. Okay. So I want to encourage you that if God puts on your heart to cut the rope and take a step of faith, um, do that. It's a calculated risk, but sometimes we live with regrets for not taking that step of faith. So I want to encourage you to do that. I think of just some awesome examples like uh, Matthew, uh, that once he met Jesus, he got up from his tax collector booth and said, I'm out. So I'm, I'm going with you, Jesus. And so he walked away from his business. Zacchaeus, a fellow tax collector, is like, hey, <laughs> I have seen the kingdom of God. And so I want to give away half my possessions. You know, if I've wronged anyone else, four times I'll pay him back. You get Peter saying, Lord, is that you on the water? <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping over the edge. I'm walking towards you. And then you got Saul and Paul. Saul encounters Jesus, does a 180 and said, I'm going back the opposite direction. I want to I want to serve the risen Lord instead of persecuting his followers. And even Lydia in the church in Philippi opening up her home saying, I have truly met uh, the people of God and believe in this story. So what is it that God is putting on your heart? What is it that faith step that you need to take? that you'll regret if you don't. What is that calculated risk where you can cut the rope? So thank you guys for hopping on tonight. Hopefully I'll have all my uh, smoke detector batteries uh, replaced by next week. So thank you for hopping on and God bless you. And we'll see you Sunday, Lord willing.